Podcast. This is your host, Edna Zoe, for a podcast that shares your stories on sex, love, and relationships, and all the lessons we learn along the way. Um, today, we're catching up with one of our guests from episode one. She's the owner of Velvet Roots of Pocket Fairy. Uh, please welcome back, Laura. How are you? I'm good. Like, good. How are you doing? <laughs> I appreciate it. Welcome that. back. Well, we're in your little lab and it just feels appropriate. So yeah, definitely. How are you? I'm okay. I really, you know, I can't complain. Just kind of living the life and doing the things. Blowing up. I love it. Yeah. I, you're doing such, so many great things. So I'm excited to be here and be in your space. It's amazing. It's Thank great you. energy. Um, so those of you that did not tune in to my episode one. I did episode with an audience and Laura was with us that day sharing some of her story. So we're just going to kind of go back into it, uh, see what you want to share and just go from there. So welcome back. <laughs> yeah. When I, when I introduced myself on the first podcast, it was very much like, Hey, like I date narcissists, mm -hmm. which is still very true. You know, um, at a young age, I'm just going to jump right into it. Go for it at a young age. I was taught that, you know, a healthy functioning relationship was kind of based off of chaos and that yeah. us as women, you know, I was here for the purpose of only being a support system for other people that were around me. So, you know, the idea of people pleasing, right. Mm -hmm. uh, as a collective, people are still teaching like little girls to do something as so small as giving out hugs because we're told to. And if we defy that, we're the problem. Yeah. Right? There's uh, something so, wrong with us. Yeah, yeah. Right. There's something wrong with us or like, we're making them feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So like we're put in that position of having to, again, people please. Yeah. Um, so I kind of grew up, uh, applying that to all of my relationships that I needed to be there for my partner and my partner only. Wow. Yeah. I was, I'm like so mad at myself sometimes, no. <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, but at a young age, right? Yeah. Yeah. At a young age, you don't really like know any better. So as you grow up, you kind of unlearn all of that, which was a great process for me, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, with, uh, so when I first met my high school sweetheart, that's how I started acting, you know, as a partner. And when I met him, I was only 12 years old. Wow. So like, think of a 12 year old trying to please their partner. Yeah. I <laughs> didn't even know what that was. Yeah. Like I was barely figuring life out and having a partner, mm -hmm. a boyfriend was more of like a crush than let's go to the next level that wasn't a thing yeah, yeah like the relationship I don't know how or why the relationship really played out the, that way but it, I just learned that I needed to be with that partner and support that partner and I you know truly believe that he kind of saw that and took advantage of that you know mm -hmm. I felt for uh, my first like real love story was me falling for a full-blown narcissist wow you know um and being at that young age learning all of those things, I think is so, um, I, I want to say temperamental, yeah. you know, um, yeah. to the growing up process. Right. You know, hundred percent. Yeah. He would like at that young age, right. We were like 12 to, um, realistically 24 is when mm -hmm. we kind of like stopped completely seeing each other. 
Um, but we broke up way before that. Um, we were just kind of like in and out of each other's lives during our mid twenties. Um, but how was that relationship as a 12 year old, like knowing that you're, this is my partner, this is who I'm going to support. So it feels very mature. Yeah. It was, it was a weird process for me. Like, as I look back on it, it was such a weird process, you know, Mm. like I thought that I was grown up at 12, Yeah, you know, like I thought I needed to take, to take care of this this guy at 12 years old. Meanwhile, I should have just been a kid. Yeah. You know, um, you know, and he, he was your age. He was my age. Yeah. yeah. He was my age at that. Wow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like during that time, like he would love bomb me, then ghost me Friday through Sunday. What? Yeah. And like, this is all throughout high school, like middle school to high school. Um, and then like, he would accuse me of being the person that's cheating on him. Meanwhile, he's telling me that my vagina's loser. What? Yeah. As, like as a teenager, as a teenager. Wow. So I was, I, I was around 13, I was between 13 and 15 when that yeah. was the first time he ever said that to me. So like, imagine growing up, like not understanding that that's actually not physically possible. Yeah. You yeah. Know? So, well, was, you heard that a lot, you know, when mm-hmm. you talked about sex, you talked about like what, there was always talk about it. Yeah. Just not accurate. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Mm -hmm. I just think that he was going through, um, his own like process and like, it was very much a learned process for him, which is very unfortunate, but, um, you know, the next thing I knew we were at the end of our like high school. So we were seniors in high school and then he proposed to me. Oh, wow. And then he cheated on me. But like, I didn't know that he cheated on me the whole time of our relationship until the very end of it. Wow. Yeah. So I was faithful. I was there for him, supporting him, you know, mentally, physically, emotionally this whole time from 12 to technically 18, really. How does that make you feel like that? There was so many things that you didn't know. Like, I know, I think when someone gets cheated on, one of the things is like, I felt like a fool because I didn't know what was happening. How do you not know? Right. Yeah. I think it's because like he very much kept us separate to his other life. Mm. He was definitely living two different lives that like, I didn't really understand because he kept me so uh, compliant to him. Oh, wow. Yeah, Yeah. Like I, if I even was to go out on a Friday to a party at 16 years old. And he found out that whole next week would be hell. Damn. Yeah. Like, and think at 16 years old, like your mentality is like, I'm so sorry. Like I will never do it again. So I stayed home most of high school Wow. because of him. Meanwhile, he's out partying, he's out cheating on me. He's out doing all the things, but like, again, it comes down to like people pleasing and comes down that like I was there for him. Yeah. I was never able to be there for myself, Wow, which is super unfortunate to learn at a very young age. Yeah. Cause like I had a lot of unlearning to do in my twenties, which didn't happen because I jumped into another committed relationship. Mm. Yeah. My next committed relationship had its own set of problems. Right. Um, I believe that he himself wasn't truly actually looking for a partner. He was looking for someone that would be easily inserted into his life. Right. Uh, I think it didn't really matter who it was or what I, what I actually wanted out of life. He only wanted me to be around while he lived his. So basically 
you just always were available. Yeah, I was yeah. just always available because that's what I thought I needed to be for my partner. I mean, we all do that. Mm-hmm. I thought that, like, I what I remember many times canceling stuff just because I was hoping, and mm-hmm. this wasn't even a relationship. It was just like some dude I was fucking would yeah. make time for me. <laughs> yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah, that, like, us as women have to constantly conform to the man's life yeah it makes no sense it makes absolutely and where no did sense. we get that from like why do we think that that's part of of dating or part of finding the partner i like, think it honestly understand. stems down to that like we are taught as young girls that we we need to be overworked we need to overwork mm. ourselves and men are very much coddled as yeah. boys and yeah. that we will mm. always take care of them Right. And I think that's just like a generational problem as well. And like, as um, you know, we all evolve, that's not going to happen anymore. No, no. Like women are finally understanding their self-worth as of right now. And like watching men kind of be like, I would love a strong woman, but I also want a woman that will take care of me. It's like, Mm -hmm. why don't, why can't we have like a really great equal partnership? Yeah. (laughs) You know, take care of me too. Exactly. (laughs) Take care of me too. (laughs) But like with like this next committed relationship, um, it just was not that. No, not at all. I truly believe that this man like subconsciously didn't care about me or what or who or where I wanted to be in life. He just literally wanted me to sit comfortably in that lifestyle path of I'm only here for you. You know, and like he dug at that. He definitely dug at that, those insecurities of mine. And how long did you guys stay together? We were together for four years. And did it get serious? It did. It got um, very serious. Um, He ended up proposing to me as well. But during that proposal, I kind of like saw it on his face that like he wasn't going to allow me to kind of explore who I was or like who I needed to be in life because like deep down, like I always, always felt like I was supposed to be a lot more than somebody else's wife. Yeah. Like I just, that was never a goal of mine to be a wife. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Out of everything I've learned. I mean, (laughs) so what happened? Did you say no? I did because like at that time, like I felt so interchangeable. Like I felt like it didn't matter to him who it was standing in front of him as long as there was somebody there for him. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, So I ended up uh, leaving and to be honest, you know, I was kind of set up, set out to be the villain of that situation because I said no, but meanwhile, like no one really understood the exact situation that was going on inside of my brain or like his brain they just saw it as like she's a bitch she said no like and like I became this villain of the town right which was so hard because I was actually going through a process of like realizing that I have self-worth that I could like be anything that I wanted to be without a person but everybody makes up their own stories and thought that this was the perfect couple and yeah exactly because you were you said no it's but they didn't like see the ins and outs of how like well nobody ever does. No, not at I, all. Everybody just jumps to some, you know, to assuming the worst, and we all make up our own stories of it and gossip about it. Like it's crazy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I mean, to be a conven- to be considered a convenience for four years mm. when you're like deeply loving a person for who they are, yeah, took such a toll on me. Like I couldn't believe 
that I allowed that to happen again. Yeah. And what did that look like with that relationship? What do you mean? Was it different the way, because you were being just like doing everything that he said, Mm kind of like your one as a, when you were a teenager, but was it very much different at all or just in it was different different because he never like actually verbally Mm. or mentally emotionally abused me okay he just wanted the the house the kids the marriage Mm. he wanted all of that and I think he didn't care who it was yeah yeah and like it's crazy yeah it's crazy and like I think it was all really subconsciously I don't think that he knew it consciously yeah um because again, like I deep dived, I think we talked about this off air, like I deep dived a little bit into all my partner's mental mentalities. So I could Mm. like kind of release them like for my closure, you know, and like, I just think that he just really wanted the American dream Mm. and I wasn't it, Yeah, which is okay. You know, like I'm sure he's happily doing whatever he's doing now, you know, and vice versa for me, like I'm happy doing what I'm doing now. And I hope that I hope the best for him. I hope that he has found everything because deep down, even though that this has happened in our relationship, I truly believe that he has, he does have a heart of gold. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't think that like he is a bad person. I just think that he had a lot of growing up to do himself and like reevaluating his own situation. Yeah. Yeah. As we all do. And I think that's, like what I'm getting a lot from everybody talking about these experiences is that at the time they seem like a huge mistake or a huge, like I did, it was not good, but you get, you get something out of it. Mm-hmm. You learn, you learned about, you know, the things that you needed to face in those relationships to get what you really wanted mm-hmm. out of a relationship and to know your own self-worth and yeah. know that you deserve that. So it's hard. It's hard not to, to go there yeah yeah definitely and so after that relationship ended what did you do did you just take some time off so I really really wanted to (laughs) (laughs) damn you I I know I was so pissed so pissed because like during that time of wanting to like reflect and like really deep dive into like who I could be as a person or my self-worth I was dealing with the re-meet of my husband now oh yeah so I met my husband now like we always like knew each other because like we were he grew up in the same town that I was kind of living in at the time yeah um and I met him like very freshly out of that the second engagement okay um And we started talking and I was like, listen, like I have a lot of shit I need to unpack. I have a lot of things that I'm going through and, um, I need this time to kind of unlearn all of this before I jump into a relationship Mm. because I was at that time just realizing. So like, I I don't know, uh, I can never like kind of timeline all of my relationships, you know, um, during that time, I was just coming to the understanding that I had self-worth, that I could like be anything that I wanted to be. And like, he kind of saw that and we were like, okay, like let's kind of go and we'll have like this open relationship type of thing. And like he, we, we allowed each other to date other people. We allowed me and him to kind of come together during that time. And like, I'm very grateful for having that time. Meanwhile, again, like you live in a fucking small ass town. People 
assume what's going on in relationship and they see me with another person. Meanwhile, they think I'm with him. And I'm Mm. like, dude, like you're creating drama for no reason because you have no idea what's going on here. Like we are having a mature, mature adult relationship. Exactly. Exactly. And like, it was so hard, I think, for people to kind of wrap their minds around that. Like I needed time for myself, but I was still there for my husband. Yeah. You know, well, my husband now, he was not my husband. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So like we were dating other people. We were doing reflections. We were doing deep dive work. And, you know, um, uh, yeah, I'm just thankful that he kind of not allowed me, but, you know, was there for me during that process, even though that the outside world saw it completely different. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Cause I know, even though I was always like, I got to go through this shit, I would never invite anybody else. I would just end it right away. Yeah. Sorry. I feel like I can't do this right now. (laughs) Everyone says that like, when you meet the person that you're going to marry, or like when you know that you're ready to get married to a person, you can't explain it. Yeah. And when like, we were hanging out and like doing all the things and like building a new relationship together, I knew I wanted to marry him. And I was like, how fucking dare you come in at this point in time? (laughs) You know, I was just like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Yeah. I wasn't, but like whoever is really ready. Whoever. Yeah. But like I needed, because I I went from the high school sweetheart to my next committed relationship, just kind of like right afterwards. Yeah. But yeah, so like jumping from the second committed relationship to seeing that I was about to jump into my third, Mm. I was just like, no. No. And like to have a person kind of support you during that is just beautiful. Oh, I love that. Yeah. yeah. I've always believed that, you know, if you can't go along for the ride, then they're just not worth it. It's going to yeah. be everybody's constantly growing and learning from their mistakes and, and trying to grow as a person. And that never ends. So mm-hmm. that's awesome. And was there anything that you took from just that experience right there? Just trying to, you know, balance um, it? balance like uh the reflection and yeah well during that time I was still having a lot of the people that I surrounded myself with kind of because like right like when you adapt to like a narcissistic behavior and like learn that people pleasing mentality it is brought into every part of your relationships whether it be Mm -hmm. like relationships with family members or friends like it's still 100% you attract that. Yeah. And I attracted that. So my friend circle was very much putting down my wildest thoughts being like, why would you go do a thing like that? Why would you want to move out of this town? Like, why Mm. would you want to start your own company? Like, why would you want to like study herbalism? And, you know, I had to still deal with all of that. And I was learning that it's okay to evolve from that mentality. Yeah. It's okay to not sit in like this comfortable mindset to be there for other people. Yes. You know, you need to grow and like learn and reflect in that kind of way. And, you know, not let discovering the deepest parts of yourself stop you because of someone else's fear. Mm, Yes. Like (laughs) that's like the biggest takeaway that I've had, like as of now. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really powerful too, because it it really changes everything. It changes mm-hmm. like how you follow your dreams and you move forward. And a lot of people don't don't ever get out of that mm-hmm. that environment. Yeah. It's just so comfortable to them. That's all they know. And it's even more scary to go out by yourself because mm-hmm. you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Am I gonna do? <laughs> and I feel like nobody actually yeah. like 
I don't know about you, but like some of the people that I surrounded myself never truly wanted to see me happy. Uh, you know, they, the, yeah. they just like wanted me to be that person for them constantly. Yeah. And, like, I can't be hard. that for you anymore. Yeah. And it was hard to break up with a lot of friends and relationships from back home yeah. um, to fulfill the life that I personally need. Yeah. I was my worst <laughs> enemy. Like, I don't think I would be here without my friends and family who mm-hmm. were the ones that were like, you can do it. Of course you can do it. That's and I'm amazing. like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, I don't know. I mean, it was hard yeah. for myself because everybody else believed in me, but I didn't believe in myself. Mm-hmm. And that is like a bigger, uh, it's hard to admit it half the time because you want to believe you want to love yourself the way everybody else loves you. Yeah. And when you don't it sucks. Mm-hmm. So a lot of learning we had like a yeah. com- complete opposite experience <laughs> it is yeah I know everything you're saying I'm like yeah it's crazy but that's that's life right mm-hmm. you never know what people are going through which I think is a huge thing for people um to just learn to be compassionate about that at yeah. least because you just you can't blame them for who they are mm-hmm. you know we like I was telling you we are the product of our environment that is where you came from and mm-hmm. nobody can take that from you but you can either grow as a part you always should be growing yeah um always unlearning and always unlearning unlearn to relearn yes mm-hmm. that's a good one yeah yes I just came up with that oh shit <laughs> I'm write that one down <laughs> got a trademark trademark <laughs> Exactly. As a business owner, you can't say anything. Clever. You can't. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> I feel that. <laughs> I love it. This is great. Mm-hmm. Um, so now you've moved on, you're married and yeah. life is good. Yeah. I mean, um, marriage is a completely different type of relationship. I feel, you know, like, yeah, I I very much consider my marriage to be very private because I think it's an experience between two people. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, no one, as I've learned, like growing up in these relationships, especially the second committed one, like you can't rely on other people's opinions on an outside perspective, you know, like it's just the two of you. And like, if you're having a problem with your partner, like that's where therapy is really great to go to, like going Mm -hmm. to your friends or your family to complain about your spouse is like not the way to go. Yeah. Like, cause then they're going to have this negative perception on them already. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So like I've tried to kind of take my marriage and leave it as just like us. I love that. Yeah. I, I think that. it's very important to understand that you can't rely on outside information unless they're fucking professional. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My mom and dad always did that. They never fought in front of us. And they were always Same. like, we don't, why would we talk to you about it? It's between us. And mm-hmm. I respect that. I, I, I feel like it's, I mean, not what I did growing up as a, you know, I was always gossiping about the boys I was with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do I do? Oh yeah, my God. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's another thing that yeah. we learned as women that like we to communicate with each other is to gossip. Yeah. And yeah. Like whoever's life is the worst. Oh like, yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, no, 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 that's not what Wait it's till about. you hear my shit. Yeah. yeah. I hear you. It's definitely something that uh, we're good at and yeah, it's something I've been trying to unlearn mm-hmm. to be honest, the gossip and the um, you know, I want to be the type of part- partner like you said the words just between us too I think that's super important and mm-hmm. I've respected like my sister and her husband like I'm like this is my business you yeah. know and my parents it's not my business um with anybody really so I do try to like kind of 
be better at that. And mm-hmm. I, I, I hope when it happens and then yeah. I have my boo, I'm not all like, Oh, this motherfucker, you know, yeah, yeah. I always <laughs> so. notice that like, anytime I'm trying to build like a new relationship with a woman. And I notice that like, it's becoming like a gossip thing. I always try to like turn the conversation a little bit yeah. to the left or the right. And yeah. Like, okay. We don't really need to do this, but like, I understand maybe you're venting or like doing something else, but we don't need to judge somebody on their character. Yeah. You know, yeah, cause like you me. said, yeah, you don't yeah. know what somebody's going through. Like yeah. I had, um, I had an experience a couple days ago where like, I thought this woman was kind of like upset with me, but, and like, I kind of internalized that to be like, okay, like, what am I doing? But it was because like, she was going through something that I had no idea about until a couple days later, Yeah, you know? So like, it had nothing to do with me. Yeah. It's hard. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to keep reminding yourself that too. I have to do it every day because we are around people all the time. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to. You, first of all, you don't want to take on that energy, but you can't help. I think you and I mm-hmm. are empaths. And so that on just already comes. You can just feel it all the time. Yeah. yeah. And especially when you're like hypersensitive or like mm-hmm. super aware to the fact that other people's existence, like is so different than yours. Yeah. And like feeling that, like you just, it's so hard to explain into words, but it's all in my head. No, I feel you. No, I, Yeah. I changed careers because of it yeah. <laughs> too much. <laughs> I, yeah. To me, like, I feel like that's part of my career. Yeah. Like, I feel like I thrive helping others find um, this avenue. Yeah. Of yeah. Yeah. You do. And I love it. I think it's really cool what you're doing. Thank you. Uh, do you want to kind of tell people what you're doing? And then. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I am an herbalist. I've been an herbalist for as long as I can remember. Just something that I was never really to able to tap into, like I said, because of these relationships mm-hmm. and like the mentality that I grew up with. Um, but I started studying like herbs secretly probably like right outside of high school. Um, and then I didn't really, uh, get back into it until my like early mid twenties when I decided that my self-worth was more important than anything else. Mm -hmm. And I realized that that was my calling. And I started incorporating cannabis into it, um, because cannabis helped my mental health. And like, I really deep rooted anger issues, um, where cannabis kind of allows me to be mindful in my consumption, um, while using other supporting medicinal herbs to, um, kind of deal with the whys of why I'm angry instead of just like clouding my mind with cannabis. Mm. I like use cannabis and herbal medicine as a tool to dig deeper. That's awesome. Yeah. So like when I found that as like a way of relief, I like knew it was very important to spread that message. Yeah. You're, you're doing great things. I'm excited to see you continue to grow. It's very, very right up my alley. I'm all <laughs> like, you. sign me up for everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. actually very exciting the way that, you know, the first two years of the business, I was clawing my way actually into both industries because herbalism, you know, there's some people that consider cannabis like a cop-out and mm-hmm. like with cannabis, people are like, how dare you put potpourri in my fucking cannabis? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, and like to, you know, All good people. Wow. Yeah. And like you, I had to really like go super hard on education, good. super hard on educating on like how to incorporate this. And I'm still teaching classes today. So if you are interested in learning, yes. you can go to my website, velvetrootspopcary.com. <laughs> and check out our event page. Um, 
but yeah, I'm actually just one more thing. I am uh, launching a cannabis like THC line nice. with a collaboration cannabis distributor named Adiri, awesome. and it's going to be called Botanical. <gasps> So Bye. find that in dispensaries at the yes. end of March. <laughs> oh, that's exciting. Yeah, it's so exciting. I, I just, you know, so many different avenues and things and opportunities have been opened since I started doing the educational yes. portion of mm-hmm. the company. Um, and I'm just so thankful for it. So thankful. Well, I'm rooting for you, girl. Thanks, babe. It's going to be good. <laughs> it's real good. Uh, so yeah, you guys check her out. It's at Velvet Roots Apothecary. Apothecary, yeah. Yay. Do you want to do a real quickie? Yeah, I would love to. I'll let you get back to your business. Yeah, we are. We're, we're sitting in my lab right now with all the pre-rolls and cannabis just chilling around us. <laughs> this is the life, y'all. <clears throat> yeah, until like you walk into like a store and you're like, what smells like cannabis? And you're like, oh, it's me. It's me. <laughs> I don't know if I ever do. Like nobody's ever told me. So we'll see. Oh, I, I, like I said, I use cannabis mindfully. So like I do smoke in the morning, afternoon and night, but like very low dosaging. I've learned my dosaging during this time and this process. And, um, I smell like cannabis and herbs. That's my perfume, cannabis and herbs. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. My favorite things. All right. So this is either or, and you may have already played this, but whatever, we're going to play it again. Uh, beach or mountains, the beach. As I live in Colorado, <laughs> right? <laughs> Are you a lover or a fighter? Um, I'm a little bit of both. <clears throat> no, um, I love passionately, and I'll fight for it. Yes. Netflix and chill, or tickets to a concert. Netflix and chill. Fun date or expensive gift? I'm a Taurus, so <laughs> I the bougier the better. Yes. Give me some. Me gifts. too. I love it. <laughs> I'm not a Taurus, but that is definitely my life. <laughs> rich or famous um i would say rich just to pay my mom there you go (laughs) (laughs) to get my mom all the money i hear you fetish or fantasy uh fetish because i would want it to be lived yeah right (laughs) a smart partner or a funny partner that's so hard I'm going to have to say funny partner. Yeah. Yeah. I'll That's how you'll get my panties off. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, partner, read your mind or give you a compliment every Give me day. compliments. Do every- not read my mind. There's very inappropriate <laughs> thoughts going on. <laughs> going on. Stay away. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. One more. Watch erotica or read erotica? <laughs> Watch. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. All right. There's your quickie. <laughs> thanks for playing. Yeah. <laughs> and thanks fun. for being on the show and sharing your story. It was yeah, great. Combo. Thank you so much for sharing space with me and yeah, seeing too. the lab. I love it. This place is really cool, guys. So <laughs> check her out if you can. And yes, please come back anytime. Thank you.